And obviously, I'm not Pastor Mark, if you, if you didn't know. If you're, if you're new, um, the senior pastor, Pastor Mark, he's out of town. And uh, I encourage you to come back and hear him. And don't judge Life Church off of the children's pastor, which is who I am. So I always got to say, listen, if this is your first time, I, I, I think you're going to be blessed, but don't judge us off of me, right? <laughs> Thanks. I'll slip a year 20 later. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I have a word for you guys this morning. It's something that the Lord's been dealing with me uh, just in the last week or so as far as just he keeps bringing this back to my mind. And, uh, and I was really steering away from it as far as for this service. And I, I, it was just something that the Lord wanted me to speak on. And, uh, and it's, it's not one of those barn burner type messages where you're like, Praise the Lord, hallelujah, but I believe it is life-changing. It is the Word of God, and His Word doesn't return to Him void. Amen? Amen? And so I'm going to teach, I'm going to talk, teach talk, I'm going to teach talk to you. I'm going to teach on uh, tithing this morning. And, uh, and tithing is one of those things that a lot of people uh, in the body of Christ don't operate in. They don't, they don't know a whole lot about it. And, uh, and I've had an interesting journey with tithing because I came from tithing like religiously, like every single time I, I got anything, I tithed off it to at some one point in my life completely saying tithing isn't for today. There is no tithing in, in Christianity today. And then, uh, and then I came back to no tithing is for today, just not the way I used to do it. I'm done, doing it a different way. And there is a tithing uh, method or really a heart behind tithing that really brings freedom. Remember, Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So freedom always comes when God's truth is revealed. And so anytime you're dealing with bondage in a certain area or, you're, or it feels like there's this heavy burden on you, and sometimes tithing feels like that to some I can tell you that's pro- you're probably not operating in truth. There's probably something that you're missing or a lie that you've believed that makes it feel that way. Truth is freedom. Truth lets you just, man, you can shout for joy and, and give and tithe all you want. And so um, one thing I'll do real quick is I want to define tithing because not everyone knows what that is today. Tithing isn't giving. A lot of people think, oh, tithing, giving, same thing. Tithing is different. Actually, if you look up the word tithe in the dictionary, it means exactly this, tenth. It's a tenth. So tithe and tenth are synonymous with each other. You, you can't tithe 5% of your income. You can't tithe 15% of your income. The only thing you can tithe is 10%. So if you give less than 10%, you don't tithe. Man, this is a tongue twist. <laughs> if, you tithe, if you give less than 10%, you don't tithe. If you give more than 10%, you tithe, and then you give an offering above that. That's, that's what's happening. And so uh, tithing is one thing that uh, the Lord has, has revealed to me, and it's, it's one of the things that's really shaped the way I handle my finances. And, I, and one of the reasons I can say that I've been able to walk in the blessing of the Lord. I've been able to see him move in my life financially. 
And so I, there is, how many know that you can do things a certain way and on the outside it looks the same as someone doing it a different way on the, and on the inside there's two different heart motives, there's two different intentions behind it, but outwardly it's the same thing. So there's a tithing that I used to do and I'll just kind of walk with you down my journey of, uh, of tithing and everything. I, I met my wife and she was going to a church and I started going to the church uh, she was going to, and I started tithing then, and I started doing it religiously, like I said, right? So I was giving 10% every single time I got paid, without fail, this is what I was doing, I was, I was tithing regularly, and I saw, I saw a degree of the blessing of God in my life, and he was working in my finances, and then, um, and then all of a sudden I found this vehicle, this truck that I really wanted, and I was like, I, was like, I don't have the money for this. Except for this tithe right here, I could totally afford to, to get this. And, uh, and so what I did is I went out and bought this truck instead of tithing, knowing the whole time, man, I'm messing up big time. I'm, I'm, I know I should be giving this to the Lord, and here I am buying the truck. And, and what ended up happening is that truck turned into this giant nightmare of a money pit, and I kept dumping money into it. I ended up selling it for like less than I bought it for. And uh, the transmission blew up on it and all this stuff. And, uh, and so I, I was like, man, I need to tithe or else I'm going to not be blessed. I'm, I'm going to have to deal with this, the curse that's going on there. And, uh, and so anyway, so I went from, from tithing religiously to even tithing more religiously after that. And then all of a sudden I come to Bible college here at Life Church. And I start learning about the difference of covenants, how there's a difference between the old covenant. That's, that's talking about the law that came through Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments. Plus there's like 400 more commandments after the Ten Commandments, by the way. And, and there's a difference between that approach to God and then the new approach, which is called the new covenant, which is what Jesus came to establish. And so there is, a, there is a whole new way of doing things from the old way of doing things where all the Israelites came to approach God based off of set of rules, regulations, you do these things, and God will do these things. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, learning all this stuff, and all of a sudden I stopped tithing because I, I, I was like, well, I guess tithing is not... Uh, not new covenant. It's not part of the new covenant, so I'm going to quit it altogether. Let, let's pick up right there. I'm going to stop right there and kind of tell you what happened next after I after I kind of lay some layers in and how I got to that, how I got to that understanding. So uh, Colossians 2.14, we're just going to throw this up on the screen. I'm going to probably go a little quickly today. i got a lot to cover, 35 minutes to do it in. Here we go. Colossians 2.14 says, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This is talking about the covenant of Moses where we approach God based off a set of rules and regulations, handwriting of requirements. In, in Scripture, handwriting because uh, Moses handwrit the, the Ten Commandments, if you remember. And so, and God, and God did. So, handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, Jesus took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Here's what I what I aim to show you. There's a there's an old covenant, 
and there's a new covenant. The new covenant is so much better. People like to hang on to the old way, to the old covenant. They want to preach the Ten Commandments. They want to live by the Ten Commandments. I promise you, that's difficult. You know, the reason the Ten Commandments were given and reason the whole law was given through Moses was so that we could get to a place where we say, man, this is tough. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Got a fire drill. Is that what that is? Oh, okay. Thank God. (laughs) Everybody look for Amber real fast. Okay. Are we good? Everybody, did we find her yet? (laughs) I'm just thankful it's not a fire drill. I do not want to have to run out of here and (laughs) deal with all the kids because I'm the kids pastor and that's going to be a fun job. So it's getting louder. This is awesome. This is great. (laughs) <laughs> so so here we go Co- uh, we're going to talk about covenants so jesus came to establish the new covenant and the bible says that it's way better it's way better than the old way of doing things hebrews 8 6 again we'll throw this on the screen hebrews 8 6 says but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. The promises that we have today, the promises that came through Jesus Christ, they're so much better than what came through the old Ten Commandments. They're so, and also, it's a better mediator. We have a Savior that has qualified us for this covenant. Covenant. He made us partakers in it. He gave us this covenant and said, listen, You're going to get all these things. You're going to get all these blessings. You're going to get all these promises, not based upon your performance, but based upon my performance. And so we get what we get from God through what Jesus did. When we try to earn it, we are stepping out of the new covenant and we are stepping into the old covenant. The old covenant works like this. If I do something, God will respond and do something. You know, if you remember Deuteronomy 28, if you obey all these commandments, I will pour out a blessing. If you do this, I will do this for you. That's the old covenant. That's the way God dealt with the Israelites. In the new covenant, it's completely reversed. In the new covenant, God has already done something. Doesn't matter what we do. God has already done something. We respond to what he did. You guys remember the scripture that says that while you were still sinners, Jesus died for you. Did you have to do anything to get Jesus to pay for your sins? Nothing. Whether you like it or not, you were born and Jesus had already paid for your sins. He had already sacrificed himself. He had already paid the ultimate price. And now what do we do? How do you partake of what God has done? Well, you respond to it. You respond by saying, okay, I believe that, so I'm changing the way I do things. I'm changing how I live. I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life because he sacrificed his for me. And so that's the way the new covenant works. God blesses. God, God pours out his spirit. And then we respond. And it's so much better. It's so much better because now we don't have to try to get qualified for it. Now we don't have to try to earn it and be good enough to receive these things. If, if, if it was that way, uh, how, how would you ever be able to earn it in the first place? 
And so the new covenant works so much better. And the old covenant is actually completely fulfilled by Jesus. When Jesus was on the earth, he fulfilled the old covenant, meaning he did the law perfectly. There was not one mistake that he made. He didn't screw up one time. He didn't blow it one time. He fulfilled it, completed it. And then all of a sudden, when he dies and gets resurrected, we partake in what Jesus accomplished. When he fulfilled it, us now being inside of Jesus, how many know that there's like a hundred verses that talk about being in Christ? In Christ means I'm no longer performing because Jesus performed it. I'm no longer earning it. Jesus earned it. Jump down on Hebrews 6, uh, or Hebrews 8 to chapter, or Hebrews chapter 8 to verse 13. Here he goes. It says, And that he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Living under the old covenant, first of all, is it's going away right now. It's it's leaving. Also, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, that if you uh, keep the entire commandments, all 400 plus of them, but yet you offend in just one area, you're guilty of all of them. You disqualify yourself from receiving anything good if you just mess up in one area. That's including the way you cut your hair, the way you dress, the kind of clothes you put on, the kind of food you eat. All of those are in that, in that uh, old covenant. So sometimes we like to pick and choose and say, well, I just want to follow these rules. Either you follow the whole thing or you're guilty, or you're guilty of the whole thing, Or, here's a better way, step into the new covenant. Step into what Jesus has given you. And so you might say, well, what does this have to do with tithing? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. See, by by getting all of these revelations, all of a sudden I was like, well, is tithing just a part of the old covenant then? Because if you look throughout the New Testament and the, the, the letters that Paul wrote, you don't see any commandments to tithe. You hardly ever see of it spoke of. It spoke of once in Hebrews after the Gospels. And so I came to this point of, of view that I guess tithing is just not in the new covenant, so therefore I don't need to tithe. And, uh, and I stopped tithing. I stopped tithing. And, uh, and uh, when I stopped tithing, I, st- I didn't stop giving. Giving, I knew that it was... It was right. Giving was right. And so what I would do is I would arbitrarily come up with, with what I wanted to give, and I would just put it in the, in the offering containers, and I would just say, I'm going to be led by the Spirit and just give according to the Spirit. And I did that for a few months. And then at the time, I wasn't on staff here. But little did I know, I was being groomed to be hired. And so what I did is I called. I had a meeting with Pastor Mark, the senior pastor. And I, and, I said, and I was looking at the time for direction on what to do. I knew I was called to full-time ministry, and he was, he was helping me see some things. And then uh, one thing when, we, when we're hiring people, uh, as far as pastoral positions, we're, we're looking at giving history. And all of a sudden, he pulls up my giving history, and there's nothing for like four months. And, uh, and so he's like, hey, are you, how, how are you doing with tithing? And I said, I, I don't tithe. He's like, he's like interesting. And... Uh, <laughs> And he said, and he says, why not? And I said, well, I don't believe in it. I believe blah, 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 you know, kind of this whole thing I just went through. And he's like, he's like, well, we tithe here. (laughs) And so clearly I'm not, I'm not going to change his mind. 
Um, <laughs> which really wasn't my goal going in. It was just explaining why I wasn't tithing anymore. And, uh, and so I start, I, I start telling him, you know, I'm, this is what I believe. This is how I, how I think. I think that, you know, tithing might be even a restriction on giving even more than 10%. And he's like, well, you're in leadership, and, uh, and we here at Life Church, we tithe, and so I want you to start tithing. And I said, okay. I'm like, this is, and now, now I have a decision to make. What choice am I, am I going to make? And I remember thinking there, having a conversation with the Lord, and I, and I was like, I was like, Pastor Mark, I'm, I don't have any faith for tithing. I don't believe in it. This isn't going to work for me then, right? And I'm like, I'm like, this is going to be this is going to be difficult. And he's like, Well, we we tithe. You're in leadership here. And I said, I said, you know, it's probably a bigger deal to God that I am in submission to my pastor than it is for me to get tithing right. And I truly believe that today, even even as I'm speaking this, there are different importances of truths and different importances of walking in things. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll start tithing, and I, I'm hopefully, hopefully I'm okay. Hopefully financially I don't go under, you know, doing something I don't believe in. And uh, he's like, okay. <laughs> okay. So, so I started tithing. I started tithing uh, regularly, having zero faith in it, just doing it out of honor to God because I'm being submitted to my pastor. And, uh, and so about a month later, a month and a half later, I end up getting a call for him, from him about getting about becoming on staff, and uh, I, I truly believe that if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have submitted to to him, which was really submitting to God, that I, I would not be up here. I would not be in this position whatsoever. And uh, the funny story about that is, as I continued for months and months, even after being hired here tithing, not really believing in it whatsoever. In fact, there was a new members class. We used to have a new members class. Now we have the welcome lunches. They're, they're better. And, uh, and we used to have a new members class, and there was a portion in the new members class about tithing, and I was asked to teach the new members class. <laughs> that was probably the driest teaching. You think this is dry? Wow, that was brutal. It was, I'm sure it was horrible, but here I am being submitted, teaching about tithing, having zero even belief in it. And, and so anyway, I start, I start teaching on tithing, and then all of a sudden, this, this whole, here, here's, here was my heart, and hopefully you have the same heart. I want to question everything I do and everything I believe. If you don't, then how do you know you really believe what you believe? And so it is, it is vital to question what you believe, question what you've heard, and really say, is that what God has said? Is that really what God me- meant when he said this? And so for me, I wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing. That means I'm going to question everything. When I, when I had an encounter with God when I was 21, it made me question church. I thought, I thought, I mean, I had been hurt by a church earlier in life, and so I was like, well, I don't know if church is even of God. And so I had this encounter with God that radically changed me. And then he began to lead me and show me and say, look, at, look, I created the church. It wasn't man's idea. It was something that I did. I established the church. And so uh, I, I encourage you, don't just take what I say and swallow it and believe it. Question what I'm saying. Question what you hear preached. Question what you currently believe and, and look it up. Find out what you believe. Find out what God said. You, because if I didn't question tithing... I wouldn't be sitting here completely rooted in the truth of what I know. 
and having absolute rock staunch hard face faith in tithing. I wouldn't know it. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to be preaching it like I am. And so I'm having this conversation uh, with Pastor Mark. I end up saying, "Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll 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 go ahead and and start tithing." And so the question is, is tithing really for today? Is it part of the new covenant? And so I got this I got this revelation much later than what you're going to get. Hopefully this is a short journey for you. This was years of a journey for me. Um, and so here let, let me let me kind of show you how I discovered tithing is actually for today. It's for the believer. It's just not how I was doing it before, where I was under condemnation if I didn't, where I was felt obligated and compelled to. God was like my mafia boss. I would pay him 10%. He'd protect me. He'd provide for me. Anybody tithe like that ever before? Just me? Okay, just me. He <laughs> Pay for your protection, right? Listen, God is not a mafia boss. That is not the character of God. God in the New Testament and God in the New Covenant, he, he approaches us completely different. He gives us he gives us so much, and we respond to that with tithing. Um, Abraham, jump to uh, Genesis real quick. Jump to Genesis chapter 14. And we're going to start in verse 18. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. Melchizedek is a type and shadow of Jesus. Um, he, it talks about him in the book of Hebrews more. Um, says brought, brought out bread and wine. Again, lots of imagery about Jesus. If you guys remember uh, the, the Passover supper, brought out bread. Jesus is our bread. He's, the, he's our wine as well. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High. So Abram later became Abraham. So this is talking about Abraham's all of a sudden uh, dealing with King Melchizedek here. And Melchizedek says this, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a type and shadow of Jesus. Abraham is the one which our covenant is even first was established with. Abraham, if you remember, is way before Moses ever gave the Ten Commandments. This precedes the law that says, you shall give a tithe to the Lord. This precedes it hundreds of years. So Abraham is, is tithing to Melchizedek, giving him 10%. By the way, Abraham had just got this ridiculous spoil of war, basically overnight became a billionaire because of this spoil, this spoil of war that he had, he had basically won. And so he gives this tenth of everything he has to Melchizedek. Melchizedek blesses him. And, uh, and so here we see tithing in operation well before any sort of law was given. Also, notice that it says Abram gave a tenth of all that he had. He gave it. There's a difference between giving a tithe and paying a tithe. If you remember in Matthew 23, uh, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, you have paid tithes on all these little things, your herbs, your spices, you've gone out of your way to pay tithes, but you neglected the big weighty things of the law like righteousness and mercy. He said, 
the Pharisees were paying tithes. Why were they paying tithes? Well, because they owed tithes. They owed tithes to God. They owed what God had said, you must pay these, this 10%. Therefore, it was required for them to give it. They didn't have a choice. Uh, do you guys remember Malachi? Malachi 3, the most famous uh, chapter in the Bible for, for uh, tithing. Let's turn there real quick. Malachi 3. Again, this is the old covenant. This is the way that God did it through the Israelites. One thing that's important when you're reading the word is to ask yourself, who is God talking to? Is he talking to me? Is this a commandment to me? Is this a commandment to someone else? Different covenant, maybe different time period. So Malachi, let's, let's read this. Malachi 3, if you didn't know, it's the last book in the Old Testament right before Matthew. In fact, the place where I'm at, it shows New Testament's literally the next page. Malachi 3, verse 6. I don't have it on the screen. You just have to follow along. It says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. If you remember who Jacob is, he's the, he's the grandson of Abraham. God later changed Jacob's name to Israel, which is where we get the nation of Israel. He had 12 kids, 12 sons. His 12 sons made the 12 tribes of Israel. So sons of Jacob means he's talking to Israel. He's talking to Jews. He's talking under the old covenant. He's not talking to new covenant believers here in Malachi. So, uh, verse 7, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. Again, Old Covenant. You do this, I'll respond to you. You do this, I'll respond. New Covenant's the complete opposite. Uh, Says the Lord of hosts, But you said, In what way shall we return? Verse 8, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have have we robbed you? in tithes and offerings. So in the Old Covenant, this is absolutely true. If you didn't pay tithes, you were robbing God. Those tithes did not belong to you. They were something that you had to pay. There was no, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. It was an obligation. It was your requirement. And if you didn't, you were literally stealing from God. You were literally robbing God. And in the New Covenant, you're not, God has made you his son and given you access to everything he has. He has completely just said, here, you're my son. You're, you are blessed. You, what, whatever I have is yours. Here's your inheritance. So again, completely different covenant. Verse 9, you are cursed with the curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Back when I was, back when I was believing that I was going to be cursed if I stopped tithing, I totally believe I was cursed. Listen, the curse works when you have faith in it. The curse works when you believe that you're cursed. I was operating in an old covenant, therefore, guess what? I was operating in the curse. Jesus became the curse so that we didn't have to be cursed anymore. The Bible says every, everyone who's hung on a tree is cursed. Jesus was our substitute. Tithing to get your blessing Tithing to get your protection, tithing to not be cursed is all doing something and saying, well, Jesus, what you did has nothing to do with this area of my life. What Jesus did changes everything. It changes the way we do things. 
And it really is the, the difference between doing it the old way and doing it the new way. Jesus became a curse so we didn't have to be cursed. Amen. Amen. So verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such blessing, blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Did you guys know that tithing doesn't open up the windows of heaven for the new believer? Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus already did this. You, you have full access to all of heaven and the resources of heaven because of what Jesus did for you. He qualified you with his blood. He made you so righteous that you can stand in the presence of God on your own two feet and not be struck dead. That happens because of what Jesus did for you. It's not hap- doesn't happen because you tithed. Your blessings are not did not come because of what you did. Your blessings become come because of the goodness of God. He poured out his goodness on you 2000 years ago. That's why we're blessed. That's why we're blessed. That's why we have everything taken care of. That's why we know we have this great confidence toward God, not our performance. Not our performance. Our performance doesn't get us there. All right, last verse. Verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fall to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now, again, in the new covenant, we're told... You resist the enemy and he will flee from you. In the old covenant, they did not have this authority to resist the devil. They did not have the authority to tell the devil, take your hands off my finances. You leave my fields and my crops alone in Jesus' name. You get out of here. They didn't have that authority yet. The only way they could get protection over the enemy was to follow all the rules. That was the only way they could do it. In the new covenant... Jesus has given us his name, which carries all authority under heaven, all authority in heaven. So we can use that name to say, devil, you take your hands off my finances. Take your, get your hands off my life. You don't have any say. You don't have any power or control here. We do that now in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, they couldn't. So this was the system for the Old Covenant. By the, your tithing does not protect you from the devil. It just doesn't. Jesus does. <laughs> Through authority and you using his name, Jesus does. So, again, the way things work in the new is so much better and so much more sure than the old. It's not based on your performance. Amen. So, when you're tithing now, how, how, how is it new covenant? How is tithing new covenant? Well, we see that it started with Abraham well before the old also, um, in Genesis 28:20, 20, it says, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I, can, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set, uh, set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Again, Jacob here is tithing well before the commandment ever comes. He's saying, listen, I'm committing my heart to giving you 10% of all that you give me. And so we see that in the, in the original covenant that God established through Abraham. 
So uh, last week I shared a scripture during the offering. I'm going to share it again. It's 2 Corinthians 9-7. It says this, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Did you know Abraham and Jacob were tithing according to this scripture? They were totally doing it, not out of grudgingly, not because they felt they were obligated to, but because it, was, it came from the inside. It was a decision of their own heart. It was because, man, I am so full of joy of what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done for me. Look how blessed I am. Look at the promises that God's given me. I'm giving you a tenth back, God. I want to honor you with the first 10%. I want to give to you. That's the way new covenant tithing takes place. It doesn't take place with a hammer over your head. It doesn't take place with, you know, a mafia boss trying to buy his protection. The new covenant is, look what God has done for me. And because of that, I'm, I, my heart is thankful. And I want to honor God and give him 10%. So we, if, if you don't have an understanding of what God has done for you, tithing might be difficult for you. But once you get a grasp of what happened at the cross, what happened when Jesus was raised from the dead, what took place in that moment, and you realize what that means to you, tithing becomes a joy. Tithing becomes something that you're excited to do. It's like, how do you, how do you be a cheerful giver? Well, when you receive a lot and you knew it just came because someone loves you, it's really easy to give out of that. It's really easy to just say, okay, here's 10%. See, uh, Ephesians 1.3 says that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Past tense, it's already happened. God did it through Jesus. We've already been blessed with all spiritual. We're not getting any more bl- new blessings today. No matter what you do, you're not getting new more, more blessings. You've already gotten them. They de- got deposited right in your spirit when you were born again. And, and now it's about, well, how do I, how do I live this out? How do, I, how do I operate in what I already carry? See, you're already qualified for it. You're not trying to qualify for it by your actions and behavior. Colossians 1.12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So we are partakers of the inheritance. 2 Corinthians 8.9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. The redemptive work of Jesus has qualified us for riches. And and you might say, well, maybe that word rich means something different other than material things. And I'd say it does include more than that. But it for sure is talking about material things. If you look at the chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it's all about giving money and having enough stuff to do what you need to do. So in context, if you use context, it's talking about riches. God has qualified us for that through his son, Jesus. Tithing in the new covenant is always in light of what Jesus has done for you, what you've been made full and full um, full of in your spirit. When you tithe out of that, Man, it works. Can I, can I give you encouragement? Take what God tells you and act on it. Do, do his word. Remember Pastor Mark last week talking about being a doer of the word? 
And if we will do this, if we will operate in what he has said, it works. You're going to have, you're going to access, access the blessing that you've already been given. You're not trying to earn it. You're not trying to stay, uh, stay under the window of heaven. You're saying, God, you've already opened up those windows. Thank you so much. I'm honoring you with the first 10% of what I have. When you, when you tie that of thankfulness and you tithe cheerfully, excited, it changes everything. It changes the way that it's received from God. If you remember the first death in the Bible, do you remember what that was over? That was over an offering to God. The very first death was over. If, if we think for a second that this isn't a big deal to God, it totally is. Our heart doing it the right way is important, and it makes all the difference in what you end up experiencing. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word, that your word is true, that it shows us the truth and it sets us free. Father, I thank you for the blessing of God that you've already poured it out, that through what Jesus did, we are blessed, that we have, a, we have come into a new covenant with you that's based on better promises with a better mediator. We thank you, Lord, that you are our answer. You are our supply. You're the one that we turn to, and we trust you. We thank you and offer up our tithes and offerings. We thank you, Lord, for it. You're so good. You're so good to us.